0: I've listened to Vessel by 21 pilots for years. And
1: I listened to it once yesterday.
0: Welcome to Spin It. and welcome back to spin it the record ranking podcast for people who would rather be listening to music i'm james and with me is my super energetic co-host connor it's me i'm
1: super energetic Woo! heck
0: yeah and today is another friday for you listening to this if you're listening to this on a friday otherwise it may be a different day and for us it's a day to talk about 21 pilots
1: it's another monday It's another Tuesday, it's another Wednesday, it's another Thursday, you already said Friday, it's another Saturday, it's another Sunday, for you listening. Got them all.
0: It is guaranteed to be one of those days. Unless it's a leap year. What what day of the week is extra in a leap year?
1: (laughs) That's how leap years work. You know that one eight day week? There's an extra day in there. What if that's how we did it? That'd be awesome. That'd be pretty cool. Call it Leap Day. Just call it Leap Day. Just extend a week.
0: (laughs) That'd be so hectic.
1: It's like how you always gotta. everybody has to be like, don't forget to set your clocks back Sunday night so you don't come into work an hour late. It's like that, but it's like, don't forget tomorrow's Leap Day. So, uh, you know, it's like two Sundays in a row. Don't come in.
0: Well, but it's not always Sunday. Like, sometimes it would fall in the middle of a week. I guess it wouldn't have to. We could kind of just stick it wherever we wanted. And there are holidays that move. Well, if you're listening to this... In another year or two on the February 29th. Happy Leap Day. Happy Leap Day. <laughs> yeah, that should cover everybody. Are we still in the Gradies? <laughs> yeah. That felt like a Gradies conversation. <laughs> it was. So who are we doing
1: today? What are we doing today? Why are we doing today? How are we doing
0: today? Well, how is... I'm doing good. Who are we doing today? 21 Pilots. What are we doing today? Talking about their first major label album, Vessel. Is that all the questions you ask? I think it is. I think it is. (sighs) Great. Now, do you know anything about 21 Pilots? They're a little different than some of the bands we've done. Yeah.
1: You do. I thought you might. I grew up right near Columbus, Ohio.
0: Exactly. That's one thing that's unique about them, is that they're from around where we're from. Yeah. Yeah, 21 Pilots. Pilots is indeed from the great city of Columbus, Ohio. They're fairly local. They've been around. The band was started in 2009 by Tyler Joseph, who was playing the guitar and singing, and his childhood friend Nick Thomas on the bass, and then their college classmate Chris Sallet on the drums. That was the band initially, but it changed over time. Tyler Joseph had actually been doing music for a long time. He got a keyboard from his mother and started making music in the basement of his house at a pretty early age. He would actually just sit down with the keyboard and pick out songs that he heard on the radio trying to learn to play them by ear. And before too long, he was making his own music. And he actually even created a self-made album that he called No Fun Intended, but it's P H U N like pun. I get it. It's a little bit of a pun itself. But it wasn't intended. No, it wasn't. It was totally accidental. So what an ironic coincidence that it makes a pun. One of the songs from the album that he wrote called Trees may be a little more familiar to you now than it was when you didn't know it. Why? Well, because it's here on Vessel oh yeah it's the same trees that's the one that's track 11
1: i was pretty familiar with this album actually
0: were you really i wasn't sure uh-huh it's not exactly what i would call your type of music
1: no it's not but i've been in the cars with plenty of people who it is their type of music i couldn't have named any of these songs i don't think i could have named you a single 21 pilots song well i knew a lot of these I could have told you how they went. I just couldn't have named them.
0: Mm, Yeah, that makes sense because they're super musically memorable uh, in most instances. But anyway, uh, Tyler Joseph's been doing music. He meets up with the others. They move into a house together. And in the basement of that house, they recorded their first record on their own. And they started touring all over the Columbus area in some venues I'm sure you've heard of and maybe even been to, actually. But Columbus has this pretty thriving punk metal hardcore music scene. And they were playing around that environment and seeing all that influence. And so that really inspired the band to pursue those kind of influences in their own music. And they also started to try a lot of costumes and theatrics in their live shows because they wanted to put on an entertaining show and maybe get noticed by industry professionals that would maybe be willing to take the chance on them and roll the dice on this little Columbus alt band. In December of 2009, 21 Pilots put out their first official album, Self-Titled, and that's right around the time things started to shake up for the band. In in 2011, Chris decided to step away, which would have left the band without a drummer, and he didn't want to do that. So he connected them with his friend, co-worker, and church bandmate, Josh Dunn, who actually initially planned to move to Nashville to be a drummer. But when he got connected with Tyler Joseph and 21 Pilots, he loved the band's direction and their vision so much, he decided to stick around. I guess that's kind of a drum pun with drumsticks.
1: Oh, I get it. Uh, No
0: fun intended. I actually didn't intend that fun pun, but there it was. It was there. So they remained a three-piece band, but But. that literally was just for a few weeks. A few weeks later, Nick Thomas also decides to leave the band. He's headed to school out of state, and it just wasn't a thing that he really wanted to try and continue to invest in, but... It's worth noting, both of them still worked with the band in various capacities after they left. They helped out with merch and touring and stuff for several years after that point. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, it's nice to see a band that parts ways amicably and is still friends and gets along (laughs) after so many rough breakups. You know, Fleetwood Macs and Yeses and Beach Boys. Like, it's good to know. So, that all leaves Tyler Joseph and Josh Dunn, the dynamic duo that's been 21 Pilots ever since. Their second album, and the first album to feature just the two of them called regional at best came out in 2011 and while they were promoting that record they sold out a show at columbus's newport music hall which is a cool venue i've actually never been able to go but it's neat because it claims the title of america's longest continually running rock club it opened in 1921 and it seats 2,000 people hosting more than 150,000 people each year which is a lot that's like selling out almost every show yeah that is that's crazy yeah but anyway I mean, the real point is it's a big deal of a show for this band, and promoters really started to take notice. So the next year in 2012, they signed to Fueled by Ramen, which is a label we've talked about before. Lights was signed there, along with a bunch of other pop-punk, emo kind of artists. And when they signed to the label, they actually negotiated to keep all the rights to their first album. It's still out, still available. But they lost control of regional at best, most of which is actually unavailable nowadays. You can't get it commercially. Oh, no. It is sad. But... It's not too sad, because five of the tracks from Regional at Best actually got re-recorded, got a little facelift, and they made their way onto Vessel, so this album kind of grew out of that. Also, in this period of growth, they toured in support of Neon Trees and Walk the Moon, some other pretty notable bands in this genre, at least at that time. And now we get to talk about Vessel. Between you and me, I had a lot of trouble deciding which of these albums to do for the podcast. Vessel was a frontrunner the whole time, but I was also really torn between this and their most recent... And scaled and Icy. Uh. They're very different. I love scaled and icy a lot. I decided instead to go for the classics. I guess there's also Blurry Face in the middle that's a strong contender.
1: That was the one that I actually was surprised you didn't go with.
0: That's got some of their most popular singles. That's true. But I don't know. Just something about Vessel. I like it a lot better, I think, than Blurry Face. Actually, as far as their like major label albums go, Blurry Face might be my least favorite. Dang. I know. If I were gonna rank them all, I I feel like it would go blurry face Trench, Vessel, Scaled and Icy, or Scaled and Icy and Vessel, I really just can't say, those are close. Anyway, Vessel, it's their major label debut, it came out in January 2013, and it performed really well, it debuted at number 58, but peaked all the way up at number 21 on the Billboard 200, and number 10 on the Alternative Albums chart, it sold over 2 million album equivalent units, every single track on the album has been certified gold by the RIAA, and 21 Pilots it's actually became the very first group in history to have that happen with two separate albums. Yeah. Blurryface, the one that we just talked about and I said I didn't like very much. It was certified gold on every track first. And then the last tracks of Vessel made it to gold a little while later, and it solidified that record for them. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's impressive. It's hard to get a single certified gold, let alone all the deep cut tracks from these records. You know what I mean? These songs weren't all singles, but every single one of them has been gold. Yeah, that's crazy. 21 Pilots are living in a house of gold. You may be wondering, wow, this album is a decade old. Does it still hold up? I got news for you. No. No, my news isn't. No. (laughs) It's yes, (laughs) the album is as popular as it ever was. It actually just got a limited edition 10th anniversary vinyl release. On January 8th, 2023, like a little over a month ago for us, and it raised over $47,000 for the Make-A-Wish Foundation, which is pretty cool. Oh, that is cool. They recorded, mixed, and mastered the record in Los Angeles, California, and it was supported by five singles, which obviously were the album's biggest tracks, although everything is really kind of blown up. Holding On To You, Fake You Out, House Of Gold, Car Radio, and... A track called Lovely from the Japanese version of the album. That single was exclusive to Japan. Nice. Yeah. I don't know if we've talked about that before. A, a regional specific album. No, I don't know if we have. So Vessel is really great hit. The band starts appearing in bigger places. Lollapalooza, Bonnaroo, South by Southwest, all kinds of festivals. They did a stint opening for Fallout Boy and more than that. In 2015, they put out Blurryface with hits like Fairly Local, Tear in My Heart, Stressed Out, Heavy Dirty Soul etc, etc. You've heard some of those songs on the radio, I guarantee it. Blurryface was their first number one album, and it found them headlining an international tour. Later on, they did work for the Suicide Squad soundtrack, and in 2018, they put out Trench. Trench was darker than Blurryface, but it's pretty good. And then... Like I said, Scaled and Icy came out in 2021, loved it, almost was the subject of this episode, but I also got slight external pressure from Vessel. I floated it by some other 21 Pilots fans that I know, and they were like, oh, but come on, Vessel, you gotta gotta do Vessel, and I was like, you're right. I'm a pretty easy sell, because... This is a solid album in its own right. If you're thinking about 21 Pilots genre, they're kind of a unique little niche. They're this quasi-hip-hop alternative electronic band. They kind of do a little bit of a lot. (laughs) Tyler Joseph doesn't really consider himself a rapper, but he realized that he had a lot of stuff to say in his lyrics and the songs weren't long enough to fit in all the words that he wanted. So he kind of does this pseudo-rapping that he doesn't want to call rapping. People categorize his lyricism as psychodramatic and a lot of his lyrics involve angst and characters a lot of role play and introspection and metaphor i mean 21 pilot's leans heavily into every metaphor they dream up. But let's talk about awards. Over the band's ongoing 14-year career, they've picked up 40 major awards on 134 nominations, including 3 Alternative Press Music Awards, 3 American Music Awards, 9 Billboard Music Awards on a pretty significant 29 nominations just since 2016, three BMI Awards, and a Best Pop Duo or Group Performance Grammy for Stressed Out. They also have 5 other Grammy nominations, including a record of the year and two best rock songs. They've got nine iHeartRadio Music Awards and they also hold a world record. I know in the past I've made you guess at a lot of world records that people have held. Yeah. But I'm just going to tell you about this one. They hold the record for the longest music video ever, which is pretty impressive. For which song? Well, so it's for a song. Early on in the days of the COVID-19 pandemic, 21 Pilots put out a song called Level of Concern. And it's a good song. It's, It's pretty good. I listened to it, liked it a lot. The music video, they created a stream where fans could submit all their own clips and visuals that automatically got put together and generated as the song restarted oh so they started this this live stream music video fan submitted clips it ran from june all the way through december of 2020 and it was meant to go on even longer but josh dunn blew a fuse when he plugged in his christmas tree which caused the stream to die oh no yeah merry christmas that ends the world record
1: the world record had a bad christmas just
0: like tom york's goldfish <laughs> according to guinness the music video officially ran for 177 days 16 hours 10 minutes and 25 seconds
1: most impressive
0: yeah for a rough Comparison: If you put all of our episodes back to back, it would take you a little over four days to listen to all of it. So imagine 45 times as long as all of Spin It. It's like if you just listen to every episode we put out 45 times back to back.
1: Imagine listening to every episode 45 times.
0: That's crazy. That's the world record for the longest music video. We can beat it. We can beat it? You want to just... We don't even have any music. How could we even start to beat it?
1: Connor's Hippin' and Hoppin' album music video. Oh.
0: Oh, no. Okay, but what if we did it without a loop? What if we just made a 178-day video? Oh, gosh. I don't know what it would be. That'd be huge. I don't know what it would be either. Well, we'll figure it out. We've obviously got some time. Other trivia tidbits, this is uh, a thing that I hear get mentioned a lot, is the confusion surrounding 21 Pilots' name. Everyone says, why aren't there 21 of them? Or, they're not even Pilots. Yes, we know. And that shouldn't really be that surprising to you. Oh! (laughs) Sorry, sorry to burst your bubble. There are only two non-Pilots in 21 Pilots. They took their name from an Arthur Miller play called All My Sons that debuted in 1947 The gist of it is the protagonist makes airplane parts and when he discovers that some of the airplane parts are defective, he makes the easy decision to use the parts anyway instead of making the right decision to spend money and fix the mistakes. In so doing, he brings about the deaths of, you guessed it, 21 pilots. Classic. And he subsequently commits suicide. Dang. Yeah. Tyler says, a lot of times the right decisions take more work. It takes longer to see the benefit. They're the long route. We know in order to get where we want to be and do what we want to be doing, sometimes we have to do what we don't feel like doing. And the band's name is a constant reminder of that. So that's why they're called 21 Pilots. It's honestly a little darker than you might expect.
1: Eh, no, that's about appropriate levels of dark.
0: Okay, appropriate dark levels. I guess that may be true. There's a lot of, like, I guess a darker side to the band, just in terms of some of their lyrics and thematic elements. And the band's actually got a fan club, almost this cult-like following of devotees who call themselves the Skeleton Click, which is also on the darker side of things. But that's because skeletons are pretty common iconography in the band's artwork. And if you go to see 21 Pilots live, which I've wanted to do for a while but never had the chance, they put on a heck of a show. It's a spectacle. But since they're so showy and all over the place, they lean heavily on a lot of pre-recorded tracks. Also just because their music is the way that it is. If you listen to a 21 Pilots song and go to see them live and expect them to play that, Live, you're just mistaken. You're just not right. Josh Dunn does drum for real, though, and he's actually the one who triggers a lot of the tracks. So, there is a little bit of an element of live performance still incorporated in. And, like I said before, a lot of costumes, a lot of showmanship and acrobatics, and sounds really interesting. I'll have to catch them on their next stint of Columbus Arena runs. But anyway, that's the background. Now it's time to talk about the foreground. How's that mixtaper doing? He's ready to go. Is he? He better be. I don't know much about 21 Pilots, but I might know enough.
1: You're about to potentially know four things.
0: I may also know zero, though. Yeah.
1: Only one way to find out. Let's get them on in here. Hey,
0: it's me, the
1: Mixtaper.
0: Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing all right. Just all right? This sounds like you had a bummer of a week. Yeah, it was a pretty bummer of a week. Cool. Well, let's get on to the first fact. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Oh, sorry. Did you, did you want to talk about your bummer of a week?
1: Well, yeah, this is not only my second job and part-time hobby and it's also my therapy session so
0: oh you're gonna just yeah let it all out tell me about your father i don't know his name <laughs> what's bugging you
1: i misplaced my favorite thimble
0: what <laughs> you misplaced your favorite thimble do you sew a lot no or is it like a collectible thimble no
1: it's just my favorite
0: how many do you have just the one. Oh. <laughs> So it's also your least favorite, if that's any consolation. Oh, yeah, hey, I hadn't thought about it that way. Hey,
1: guess what? I lost my least favorite thimble. It's a pretty
0: good week. Thank goodness. <laughs> What were you doing with it that you may have lost it? A game of riddles with a
1: short person.
0: <laughs> you're describing Gollum and the Lord of the Rings.
1: Yeah, there's a couple look across there.
0: Are, are you trying to imply that you're the Lord of the Thimbles?
1: The Lord of the Thimbles is a nice title for my collection. So you know what? Uh, go ahead and shut that one down for me.
0: Your collection of of one?
1: No, no. my collection of titles. I only have one thimble.
0: Oh, I was going to say.
1: Well, I did. Now I have none. It's true.
0: <laughs> the Lord of the Thimbles. Has no thimbles. The
1: load of the thimbles is thimbleless. <clears throat> All right, let's get on in here. Yes, let's. Uh, my first one. The band has two pretty impressive achievements.
0: Two pretty impressive achievements. You've you've tricked me with things like this before. I remember a certain Tina Turner fact that included a pair of achievements, and one of them was just fake. So <laughs> yeah. What impressive achievements do they have, aside from being the first band to have two entire albums certified gold on a singles level yeah it's true really three and the world's longest music video four if you count that one yeah Wait, no, wait, this is a fact. We just named the two. That's it, I'm calling it a fact. I don't care what you're actually gonna say. They do have two impressive achievements. You know that's not how this works. You try that every time. I know, but I was hopeful.
1: The first one we're gonna talk about, they became the third rock act to have two singles simultaneously chart in the top five on the Billboard Hot 100.
0: Ooh, interesting. I'm gonna guess this is during their mega mainstream popular blurry face era. I believe so, yes. And I'm going to guess that the singles were probably Stressed Out and Heavy Dirty Soul. I feel like those were around a lot. Maybe not. It looks like, according to Spotify, Ride was way more popular. Mm, You're close. It was Ride and Heathens. Heathens. That surprises me because Heathens isn't even from Blurryface. It's from, that's their Suicide Squad single. No. They led the list simultaneously with two different songs. Wow. It did get really huge. Heathens was a massive hit. Which is funny because it was probably more popular than the Suicide Squad movie ended up being. <laughs> probably. That was the first Suicide Squad. Not the Suicide Squad. Just Suicide Squad. So. Not the good one. Right. Not the one that gave was John Cena... (laughs) This peacemaker which is awesome the other
1: achievement so you kind of have the two concurrent top fives third one never do it and then they were also the third just duo in history to have two singles simultaneously chart in the top five not only were they the third rock group to do it but they were the third duo's group to do
0: it okay so it's just the same achievement yeah. but through two different lenses really
1: three lenses if you count the fact that they are actually technically the first alternative artist to have done it as well
0: oh yeah it's <laughs> true so it is three pretty impressed they have some pretty impressive achievements the number is up for debate they have an undisclosed number of pretty impressive achievements <laughs> i'm gonna say this one is a fact i know heathens was huge i know a lot on blurry face was huge ride concerns me because i think stressed out was a bigger song than ride so maybe you did just lie about that but
1: man i wish i had because this is a true fact Hey,
0: that's a good start to the week.
1: That's my catchphrase. Stop that. Just because I said A? Yeah, but you held it all out weird. That's my thing. Oh, sorry. Anyway, the other two rock acts to have done it were The Beatles and Elvis Presley no other rock act has done it wow <laughs> the other duos to have done it was the duo outcast and then macklemore and ryan lewis
0: oh my gosh are you talking about hey you and thrift shop not obviously <laughs> at the same time but i'm guessing those two were involved because yeah probably those were certainly their biggest hits e- each of those groups uh-huh wow
1: anyway you got the easy one the easy one now we get a little we, we up the
0: annual here a little bit Okay, I, the ante is upped. They had a bad streak of luck with stage makeup. Oh, interesting. Is this like a color contact situation where hospitals were involved? Hospitals were involved. Oh, no. So stage makeup, the most likely thing I can think of that would send you to a hospital is, like, allergies. Is that what's happening? Allergic reactions and rashes? like Uh, one of them. Okay. That's one of the, the bad luck moments is allergy. Is it the first? Uh, yes. Okay, so oh, no, I'm allergic to stage makeup. I'm going to buy this different brand of stage makeup. What could go wrong next? Next was it not coming off. (laughs) I thought that might be one of them. Yeah, so they bought, like, makeup that was a little too permanent. Yeah. That's no good.
1: And the third one was falling off the stage. Oh, jeez. And that's the one that involved uh, a trip to the hospital.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I thought the allergic one would do it, but no. Okay, so how does the stage makeup cause them to fall off the stage? Do they, like, cover their eyes? I mean, we're jumping right into number three. All right. Well, I mean, the other ones seem kind of self-explanatory. Fun. That's fun. Well, what kind of stage makeup were they putting on?
1: So the first two were for Josh Dunn, and the third one, the stage one, was Tyler Joseph.
0: It's hard to fall off the stage when you're sitting behind a drum kit. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, yes. (laughs) so that is a bad streak of luck how bad is this allergic reaction i guess we'll go in order since that's what you seem to want that is what i want that's the order of my information
1: okay Uh so josh dunn wears black stage makeup as a nod to his insecurity okay so he covers his neck and hands in black makeup because his insecurity makes him feel like the sensation is suffocating yeah you put it on it worked great perfect did the whole thing sounds like it didn't work great though uh well washed it off and then woke up the next morning with a rash all over his neck and hands really feeling like he was suffocating that's not good (laughs) yeah but it cleared up pretty well i think it was a pretty minor reaction
0: okay so they just they just pivoted after that to the next kind then it didn't come off that's a problem how long did it stay on he got it off
1: like the next day just it took a lot of scrubbing he said he basically quote lived in the shower for the day
0: oh my gosh (laughs) yeah that's wild in an
1: interview he was talking about i think this was just a one-time thing that happened i'm not even i don't think it was even the same stage just a bad streak Just a bad streak and now the interesting one falling off the stage poor tyler joseph His makeup that he happened to be wearing that day. So he wears red eyeliner.
0: He does, yeah. And also a
1: lot of, like, ski masks. Yep, yep, yep. His eye makeup with his sweat. It wasn't permanent enough. It was almost the opposite problem.
0: Oh, no.
1: (laughs) It it mixed with the sweat and started to run and got in his eyes. But, you know, he was trying to power through. And uh, got a little too close to the edge of the stage and took a tumble.
0: Mm. Gave himself a concussion. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's rough. Okay, and so what's the time gap between these is it really just a streak of bad luck or have they just had three unfortunate
1: well i think this is just i think this is just three unfortunate (laughs) events but that wasn't as catchy
0: okay because i have to say if this is like back to back to back (laughs) shows uh, that would be wild that'd be a bummer yeah okay i think i'm gonna say this one is a spin go with a spin i think it's true in part but i think one of these things or more that you're telling me is false you're just playing the odds that i snuck in a falsity in one of these three well no it's not playing the odds so much as it's not believing you
1: dang all right fair enough this is
0: well if you want me to change it to a fact i don't good i won't
1: okay you're not okay i thought you sounded like you were considering it
0: i was just trying to hear what your reaction to that would be Uh, insignificant this is a spin Ah! (laughs) yay i was worried it might be true genuinely i wasn't sure i was trying
1: to bait you with the non-reaction there to get you to quickly change it
0: yep i thought you might be and that's why i didn't so what what was false to what extent was this a lie
1: oh all all of it oh i made it all up
0: huh well that was a pretty good lie
1: other than like the fact that he wears the eye makeup and he does the throat thing hand like all that was true the makeup itself but all the incidents were false
0: wow i really did almost believe it, wow. it that's all very reasonable stage makeup stories to have i think yeah Although, falling off the stage and giving a concussion is a little extreme. All you gotta
1: do is hit your head. It doesn't take much to get a concussion.
0: No, it's true. But, like, that's a a surprising one to make up. Yeah,
1: I thought I'd throw in something a little more extreme to maybe ground it, actually, a little more. Well... Anyway, you got the other easy one. Now we're (laughs) gonna... Take it to the next level. All right,
0: both the easy ones are out of the way. Thank goodness. The rest of this should be a piece of cake for you. That one was less
1: easy than the first one, you know, but we're moving up to the next level.
0: The ante is upped further.
1: They were roommates. Don't say this. <laughs> With Will Smith.
0: Whoa, that's a change. It's a change. (laughs) Put in the dramatic pause to freak you out. If you had said Jamie Foxx, this is an instant spin. I just, I've looked up who Jamie Foxx has been roommates with so many times that I would have known (laughs) at this point. So, that would have been a lie. But this roommate's with Will Smith, huh? They're from very different generations. hmm How...
1: I, well, I might be stretching the definition of roommate
0: a little bit. Not, like, living together, maybe, but what, did they, like, share a green room on some TV show appearance? No, actually, no. Were they just in the same room? Are you going to tell me that they were, they were friends in a room? In they were the roommates in the same room with Will Smith, and therefore were roommates. This uh, is ridiculous. No, <laughs> the more accurate title would probably be they had a sleepover with Will Smith. Oh, that's a wild one too. What's the situation? Does Will Smith invite them to a sleepover? No. I didn't figure. Not the kind of thing Will Smith does. No. So what are their songs?
1: Maybe you've heard of it. House of Gold? I Yeah, sure have. Yeah. A mm-hmm. little bit. Heard of it a little bit. Part of its music video was shot on Will Smith's ranch in Los Angeles. Really? Well, that's what you have to figure out.
0: Right. So why? <laughs> Is it just a cool location? Do they rent it out for stuff like this or... Did they have a connection? I couldn't figure out how they chose this location.
1: I tried. But if you watch the music video, you'll see some fields and stuff like that. That's all done on Will Smith's ranch.
0: On the Smith Ranch.
1: And it ended up being a two-day shoot, and thus they stayed... In the guest house on the property.
0: Oh, they just crashed in. So that's not even the same house, what you're telling me uh, now. No, so it's really it's even not. even less true.
1: Yeah, it was still a sleepover at his property. They
0: spent the night on Will Smith's property. Okay, did he slap him? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Un- unknown. Probably not. Probably not.
0: Oh, this is hard. This is... A fact. I think I'm saying this is a fact because of how far out of your way you went to make this resemble the Jamie Foxx thing. I think you found some connection. You were like, how can I walk this into the roommates thing? And that's how we ended up here. If it were a total spin, you would have made it closer to them being roommates, I think. Mm. Or, I don't know, wouldn't have ended up at the roommates thing at all. But I think this is true.
1: Mm. This is a spin oh man (laughs) so the house of gold music video does use uh footage from will smith's ranch but they didn't like go there and do a two-day shoot and all this stuff it was just kind of some footage but i'm not really even sure how they
0: got but it is will smith's ranch interesting and kind of cool yeah the fresh ranch of bel-air but i told you we took it up to the next level that really was yeah that was the next level fact
1: and now we're gonna go up to the final level final ramp incoming tyler joseph tried to buy a tiger
0: that is a final ramp if ever i heard one when what's he need a tiger for like a real tiger yeah like a real tiger like the animal like a living
1: Uh uh-huh a living a living tiger why this is where it gets wild
0: it started out a little wild because of tiger king because of tiger king yeah he watched tiger king and went that's great i want to live that joe exotic life myself correct oh my gosh who Do you contact to buy a tiger? I mean, if not Joe Exotic, he's a little bit in jail. (laughs) So, who do you call? I don't know.
1: If I knew, I'd have a tiger.
0: No, you wouldn't. Don't lie. So what stopped him from buying this tiger? Aside from maybe a a bout of common sense.
1: Uh, Laws prohibiting the ownership of tigers.
0: Yeah, that'll do it. Did he have plans for how he was going to keep it and take care of it?
1: I don't think so. I think this was more of just a mild fascination that he immediately hit a dead end on. And so it just became like a a wishlist item.
0: (laughs) Oh, Wishlist tiger. I don't believe this. Okay. Is that it? He just tried to buy a tiger, hit a legal wall, and then gave up? So
1: he said, you know, Tiger King came out March 2020. It sure did. It was all pretty much anybody could talk about. Except you, who never watched it. I watched it. Connor didn't watch it. Oh, right. But Tyler Joseph loved every minute of it. And he said, quote, I did watch Tiger King. Not only did I watch Tiger King, but after I had watched all of it, there was actually a couple days where all I did was flick through all the video streaming websites to find any other Tiger-related content. But there was nothing else to watch. So he just kind of got obsessed with Tigers for like a week.
0: Didn't we all? (laughs) I think this is the spin.
1: Go spin.
0: Yeah, I think that quote is what's selling me on it because that quote wasn't anything about buying a tiger. That was just about liking Tiger King a lot. And of course he did.
1: Well, that was just the part the article specifically quoted. I have a whole article here about his trying to buy it. Okay. I just was giving you the only direct quote, but if you'd like more info.
0: Unless you're satisfied with your spin. I'm satisfied calling this a spin, but I would almost like to hear you just make up what this article says on the spot. (laughs) That might be fun. I mean, okay. (laughs) I can tell you exactly what this article says. What's the third paragraph start with? Like the first sentence of the third? paragraph third paragraph
1: it's not really done in paragraphs oh that's a shame bad article but i can kind of go so it's one of those one i guess i give you the third section right because it's like one of those things where there's like different like titles and then different sections
0: different subheadings and stuff sure
1: yeah, yeah 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 so the third subheading says tiger king craze and it's just some background information on tiger king and then if i scroll down farther that's where you get the tyler joseph stuff
0: sounds like a total lie sticking with spin <laughs> all right sticking with spin but that was a good try. Tell me what the article says. Or what it would say if it were real.
1: Hell, you're gonna feel so foolish here in a second. This is a spin Hey,
0: <laughs> <laughs> good job though Ugh. again that was that was not bad I, I put you under a little extra heat there
1: yeah the quote is real and I absolutely was just like alright so then he tried to buy one
0: it's a, that's an extreme <laughs> step it's an extreme step to go from man Tiger King was really fun to I want to own one for myself
1: I mean but when your net worth is 10 million dollars I feel like you can take an extreme step every once in a while
0: yeah you can but a t- I mean in Tiger King you watch that tiger bite arms and like I mean there's some serious concerns and and they told us their level of concern so yeah it was a great final ramp (laughs) But, unfortunately, that's another, well, why am I saying unfortunately? I'm rooting for me. That's three three right out of four for me. hmm Which continues my lossless streak. Last week was 50-50, but I'm I'm four episodes without a loss now. We've turned it around. Oh, man.
1: Well, now I lost my, my favorite thimble and I lost a factor spin.
0: That's the double whammy. Now your thumbs and pride are unprotected. Do you even know how to sew?
1: Excuse me. You see what I wear to work every day. That doesn't just happen. All right. No. Can't just buy that off the shelf. You know, can't just go to Amazon and purchase everything you need to make my outfit. All right. Certainly
0: not. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) No way that could happen.
1: No way. I always wore that lucky thimble on the left thumb. My right thumb was always unprotected. Mm. Well,
0: I guess I got to
1: go back to the drawing board and try to come up with some better facts and spins for next week.
0: Yeah, you got to go hunt for that thimble. Uh, I heard, between you and me, I heard it's maybe headed for Mount Doom.
1: I'll hop in the blimp and you know fly you fool
0: why you fool <laughs> get that thimble back we'll hear about it next time i guess until
1: then yeah
0: let's talk about the album art on vessel It is two old gentlemen standing side by side on a white background, and there's a little blue overshadow that says Vessel. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. These gents are Tyler and Josh's paternal grandfathers. Josh's is on the left, Tyler's is on the right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's kind of relevant to the album's name, Vessel, because... Tyler talked about the meaning of the title in the album cover in an interview. He said vessel is an object that's carrying something far more important than the outer shell. And in the context of souls and people's, you know, existence, he likened bodies to a vessel. He said when we die, that part inside of us is set free and lives on. It's a very spiritual take, but that's why he's got these older people on the cover, the grandparents that are older vessels carrying souls. Huh. It's an interesting take. That is an interesting take. Yeah, and I think it's a pretty great album title too. I don't think the word vessel appears once in the lyrics, but so many of these songs revolve around your state of mind and your thoughts and what's going on internally. So it's a very provocative album title, makes you think. But I suppose it is time indeed to get into it. Is this a no catchphrase week? I was getting there. Don't rush me. (laughs) My bad, my bad. Let's spin it. Let's spin it. I don't know what you're going to think about this album, to be perfectly honest.
1: Oh, in that case, I'll keep my thoughts as veiled as possible without being boring. (laughs) I know.
0: We've been through a stretch of that lately with you keeping your secrets. But... You're not a rap guy. This isn't a rap album.
1: Who said I'm not a rap guy? I think you. When have I ever said I'm not a rap guy? A
0: lot. I don't want to comb through all the evidence, but I'm sure it's there somewhere.
1: I'm just not a guy of the rap you've been bringing, mostly. Okay. But also I'm not a rap guy.
0: And also not a rap guy, of course. Well, I guess we'll see just how into it you are. Up first is Ode to Sleep. Right off the bat, I mean, we're starting with a pretty intense song. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of Tyler's favorites to perform live. The
1: longest one on the album, right? Kicking it off with the longest one.
0: It is, in fact. Yeah, by a good stretch. At least half a minute. And it's a different kind of song. It goes through a lot of different phases. The
1: verse, the chorus, and the pre-chorus all are kind of almost different styles.
0: Absolutely very different styles. And and back in the day when I was a first-time listener... I remember this song particularly being, for lack of a better word, surprising. One thing you cannot call this song is samey. <laughs> you know, it's kind of all over the place. It's wrapped, it's electronic, it's pretty uniquely intense right off the bat.
1: It's got a little indie pop vibe to it on the chorus.
0: Yeah, well, the sing-songy pre-chorus slows down into a way gentler chorus with why won't you let me go it almost feels like a show tune in the chorus it really does it is so backwards it kind of feels like the sections of the song are at war with each other and i guess in that sense it kind of parallels the way that you're going to sleep like the busy hectic day is behind you and it gradually fades into the calm of sleep it's interesting (laughs) He said the reason why they picked this song to start the album, he said it prepares the listener for the rest of the album and almost puts them through a boot camp on what to expect. And I think that's so true. I think that's very true. Hit them with maybe the most intense examples of everything right off the bat, and so everything else seems a little more moderate in comparison. Because that's what happened Is I hit play to listen to this album before the episode with you in mind, and I thought... Mm, this one might not be a winner for you, but that's just because everything is cranked to 11.
1: Am I not known to like things cranked to 11? Well, know i feel like 11 like my base speed you might be right i feel like i'm the one that brings most of the 11 to this podcast
0: wow <laughs> okay so noted
1: no 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 no, no, no. not in like a like quality but just in terms of a uh cause usually kicking something up to 11 like all right we're gonna go crazy with it you know uh, okay I, I feel like i bring the crazy to the
0: podcast that may be Actually, that's not a maybe. That just is. (laughs) They've actually been playing Ode to Sleep live since before it even had a name. They did it during their early days around the small local venues in Columbus. One time after a show, they actually... This bit reminded me of the Inner Wave episode where we talked about how they maybe picked their band name and really didn't. It was a spin. But when they named this song, they literally passed a bucket around to the audience and had everyone write down a potential title, and they pulled the name Ode to Sleep out of the bucket, and that was the name.
1: Yeah, the mixtaper found that and figured you
0: might know it. Oh, I did. That was a lucky pass then. Tyler Joseph says it's a no-rules song, and I think that's a pretty good mantra for the style of this whole album. It's really difficult to put into any solid boxes because it kind of breaks so many boundaries on different genres. It doesn't really stick to any of the conventions. But I like Ode to Sleep. It's a song that I have to maybe listen to in the context of the album. It's not one that I'll generally put on shuffle, but it's got a pretty good, solid start.
1: It's a very solid
0: start. Yeah. Up next is Holding On To You. Yeah. Like Ode to Sleep. This is another older track. One of those five that originally came from regional at best. Tyler says it's one of his favorite chord progressions he's ever written. And he says he gets an 80s rock vibe from the title holding on to you. And actually, this was a song that maybe saved 21 Pilots career in a certain sense. He was writing music and starting to get really discouraged with creating. But he hit the nail on the head with this song. and got so excited about making it that he decided to stick with music. And it brought him back. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. One thing that's always... Captivated me about holding on to you is the lyrical rhythm on the verses because they play with downbeats of what he's saying versus the music in a really head spinning kind of way, especially with that symbol. The, the way that they use the downbeats and kind of alternate them with where the emphasis of his words is, that just always gets me.
1: A bit repetitive, this one. You think? The end of the song.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Lean with it, rock with
1: it. You get two verses and two choruses that go by relatively fast. Mm-hmm. And then it's just entertain my faith. On repeat for the entire bridge, and then it's the same, like, pair of lines or whatever on repeat for the second bridge. And then a repetitive outro.
0: Yeah, I didn't think about that. It looks like Entertain My Faith, this part where it starts to get repetitive, kicks in at around the 2.11 mark, which is... Like
1: half the song.
0: Halfway through the song. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So I guess I never thought about that, but you're right.
1: Also, add 21 Pilots to the exclusive Spin It group of bands who we've done a song that uses the word kaleidoscope.
0: Wait, yeah, that is a small group. I don't know if I've even kept track before.
1: I think they're like the fourth, because I've mentioned it a couple of times yeah this is either like the third or fourth artist to enter that exclusive group
0: yeah we'll have to go back and look it up i guess comb through all the transcripts yeah this song it's definitely structured in a style that's not atypical for the band right the verses are a little rappy a little wordy and then the chorus is way more of a melody driven chunk so we'll see that a lot as the album goes not everywhere but most of the time If 21 Pilots has a verse, especially in these early days, it's probably at least half-wrapped. The song's themes include overcoming depression and learning to focus and hold on to the things that you really value in spite of hard times that may come your way. So I like it. And I also do, I know it's repetitive in its context, but I love the lyric. Is it time to move our feet to an introspective beat? It ain't the speakers that bump hard. It's the hearts that make the beat. It's a good one. Yeah, like maybe we should stop and look inward because we're the ones that give meaning to lyrics and choose to pursue things in a deeper more meaningful way. So that's what you need to know. Holding on to you, downbeats, halfway apparently repetitive according to Connor.
1: I mean, just according to the lyrics, I don't think that I think that's a fact. When literally half of your track's time is the same thing over and over.
0: Fair enough. (laughs) And then we get to track three. A little song called Migraine. This is a song I think that's really popular among hardcore 21 Pilots fans. From what I've experienced. Yeah? Yeah. A lot of people love it. It's actually from their very first little three songs EP. And it's been certified platinum. I know all these tracks have been gold. But Migraine went the extra mile. Or the extra (laughs) (laughs) 900,000. And while yes, the song is in one sense, about a headache. Tyler says the meaning goes a lot deeper than that and the song functions on this other metaphorical level the migraine he says is basically like an alarm for when something's wrong in his head you know when you get a migraine that's your body's way of telling you something's not right up here mm. and the song then is a parallel it's meant to be an alarm to the listener about all the things that are wrong in the world which he doesn't actually address directly but it is just kind of meant to be a wake-up call that something is there
1: that makes sense mm-hmm. i do like the chorus
0: yeah the chorus is is a very catchy one. It's one that you'll be singing along with after the album is done. It's actually a song that lyrically he's very proud of. He wrote the lyrics first before he even had any ideas about the music. And he really fell in love with some of the lyrics, as he says. And so when he was able to make music that fit it so well, matched what he felt it needed to be, like that chorus, he he was pretty relieved (laughs) because he didn't want to ditch all the lyrics that he'd written. Understandably so. One very cool production thing that they do, I think very intentionally, is that every time he sings that chorus, they kind of reduce the amount of effects on his voice. You know, the first one comes in and it's layered and distorted. You know, it kicks in with that chorus that you can really tell has been altered. Yeah. But then by the time we get to the last chorus, it's pretty much just his raw vocal Going for it. So each time he sings the chorus, the song gets very much like more real mm-hmm. in a sense. Things start to become more imminent. That is
1: cool. And that's not really even something I picked up on. On my one lesson.
0: I know. I mean, me either. <laughs> it takes many a listen to figure stuff like that out. The other thing that's cool about Migraine is it ends really abruptly. abruptly. Yep. In the middle of a word. It ends really. What do you think about that? No, I liked it. I like it too. It's kind of a jolt. It's that last little shocking moment for a song that's meant to wake you up. To unknown problems. But, like we talked about, you know, Migraine leans a lot on production tricks and interesting instrumentals and stuff to really help convey its point. House of Gold, the next song, totally abandons that. Yep. It's a lot more of a straight instrumental, no gimmicks, no effects kind of song. It actually features another one of Tyler Joseph's more interesting instruments, and another thing that 21 Pilots has kind of become known for. The ukulele. Yeah. It's actually the first song he ever played and wrote using the instrument. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. And he said it's unlike anything else I've ever done or ever will do. I'm not going to write another song like that ever. Which, I mean, I guess if you like House of Gold, that's the sad news thing. But if you didn't, that's good.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you're probably like, oh, man,
0: good. (laughs) Good. What a relief. House of Gold is a very personal song that he wrote for his mother, talking about all these ways he's prepared to take care of her. And he actually has a lot of great quotes about what it looks like to live and to die for people, which was really heavily on his mind as he made this song. You know, it's kind of a song of sacrifice and just how you express your love for people or how you care about them. Lyrically, it's pretty short, mostly chorus, actually.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I would say this is one of those rare instances where more chorus is a
0: good thing. I really like the chorus. Yeah, I know. The chorus is good. And this is a rap-free song. Mm -hmm. Everything is sung and melodic.
1: And he'll never do it again. (laughs) Never.
0: No, never another one like it. But there are some cool lines here. One that particularly stood out to me is when he says, life turns plans upon their head. And then he goes on to say, I'll plan to be a bum so I just might become someone. Which is an interesting take. You know, if everything I plan is going to turn out incorrect.
1: Then if I plan to be bad, then I'll be good, sort of thing. Right, exactly. Yeah, that line almost reminds me of, like, you know, when they how they say, like, the people who should be the leader is the person who wants it the least or whatever. It feels like one of those weird kind of things.
0: Yeah, like a like a paradox. Yeah, exactly. It's just a pretty cool little song. It's a fun little ditty. A fun little ditty, That House of Gold. My first exposure to 21 Pilots...
1: I think a lot of people's first exposure to 21 Pilots, honestly.
0: You're right. It is the next track.
1: Arguably the most popular track from the album
0: yeah and that's car radio back in 2014
1: could not escape it
0: the first time i heard this song i mean was actually on my car radio ironic yeah it was pretty inescapable nobody stole my car radio so i got to sit in noise
1: you got to sit in 21 pilots
0: yeah (laughs) i did i was the 22nd pilot
1: oh honestly this song when i was listening to it it was hard for me to be impartial oh really yeah because i got sick and tired of this song back in the day (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> really, I love this one. It's a decent song, but I, don't know, I just I heard it all the time. It was around a lot. You've said a couple of times that songs have felt like overplayed to you, and therefore they weren't necessarily your favorites. I feel like I'm having that, which is a rare thing for me to have because usually I don't know any of these songs
0: that is, yeah, different. I think car radio I don't know if it was necessarily overplayed. It's got a lot of like sentiment and nostalgia behind it for me, but it's not one of my favorites on this album either. I don't think it's the album's best. Spotify does. Wow. It's a really good balance of lyrics and music, but I don't think it is like the best at either one. I agree. That's maybe a hot take. I think it is. We'll see. When people start coming after us, we'll know that our takes were too hot. We'll burn them up. (laughs) It's based on a real life story. After Tyler had his own car radio stolen, he got to experience firsthand just how much the mind can wonder when it's kind of left with nothing else to think about or concentrate on. And it's another song that they really love to play live. He said that there's not a structure to it, but it makes sense to me. He said, i don't really remember making decisions on what should happen in the song it just kind of happened so all these pre-chorus chorus chorus, verses they just kind of came together which makes sense especially on that bridge which is kind of so shapeless you know what i mean the rest of the song kind of has a structure verse chorus verse chorus that's easy enough but when we get to that bridge everything just kind of crumbles it does and like migraine is another song full of metaphor yes On one hand, it's literally about a car radio, but of course, in reality, it goes on to explore that downward spiral, and now I just sit in silence, is the line here that you'll probably remember, but of course, this song and that breakout bridge, especially, is really anything but silent. It gets pretty big. I like it, and I love the piano instrumentation. Very clever chord work that makes this song feel kind of jittery, almost. Up next... I have a question, James.
1: Yes. Are you semi automatic? I'm semi automatic. I'm fully automatic. I have no control.
0: Oh, that explains a lot. Yeah. (laughs) And fully automatic and at 11? Oh, dear. I'm a fully
1: automatic 11.
0: (laughs) Yes, you are. That's a pretty accurate string of adjectives for you. (laughs) Semi automatic is track six. And this song is pretty cool. It's very peppy and upbeat. Contrast that with the lyrics, though, that are a little more unhappy. Yeah. And kind of on the darker side. Tyler says he loves to mismatch like that. And he said, if I can get people to sing because of the melody, they start to realize what the song is actually saying.
1: Oh, that's like the freaking Nirvana song, right? Yeah. In Bloom, he likes all
0: the pretty songs and he likes to sing along, but he don't know what it means. Exactly. Semi-automatic is also a really clever title to me. I mean, he talks about all these elements of himself that he's in control of, but other aspects of himself are happening kind of on their own. So in that regard, like people are semi-automatic. Emotions happen, things come up that aren't necessarily elements that they give agency to they happen automatically and he talks about that you know he's got quotes he says why is it that we continue to do wrong things why do we continue to do things that we know are wrong why is addiction a thing these are all things i ask myself it's a lot and and it reflects that pretty perfectly in that chorus i'm never what i like i'm double-sided and i just can't hide that's semi-automatic
1: that is semi-automatic indeed
0: I love the instruments on this one, too. Really good synth part in there. That I, I love the part where it, like, echoes that chorus melody. Pretty good. When I first... Listen to Vessel all the way through. Screen was, I guess, one of the most surprising tracks that I encountered. What's that mean? I'm not sure I could tell you why. Oh, well. <laughs> Great question. Uh, maybe, I speculated a little bit. I'm not sure if it's the consistently slower tempo or the blend of ukulele with all the production. I don't know. It just kind of hit me different than the rest of the songs on this album. What I do know, though, is that Tyler intends for this song to be sung by the fans. That's what it's meant to do. That makes sense. They're meant to be involved in part participate, and it's supposed to be this big shared experience during their live shows, which is why at the end it employs so many choral vocals and groups of people, which actually may be part of why it's weird. It extends so far beyond the duo. Much like Billy Joel's The Stranger way back in the day, it's a song about hiding your real self behind a screen, kind of concealing all your brokenness and imperfections, so people think you've got your life all together. Which kind of ties in really well with semi-automatic, being about not being able to control part of yourself. Oh yeah. It's like, then also hide that part. Right. I only want people to see what I'm in control of and where I'm cleaned up and looking good. (laughs) I think it's great. And over the course of the song, we break those barriers down kind of by the end when we get to those chorus parts we acknowledge that we're all broken people all in the same boat of being imperfect together so it's kind of a song that that ends actually on an encouraging note which is more than you can say about some of these songs Uh, they don't all end happy no they don't but screen does i'm also a fan of screen yeah maybe it's just the ukulele i think it's just got a really great melody to it it does it sure does but one song i think that has a good melody but i can really never seem to remember if i haven't listened to it recently is the run and go interesting i don't dislike it you just forget about it i just forget it yeah and i always think that i'll like it less than i do every time the song starts i kind of start out going uh but, but then by the end, without fail, it hooks me every time. Somewhere in those little doo doo do do doo doo do, like? do, doo do, doo do. I know. Did you like the doo? Did you do the doo?
1: I did the doo. I done did the doo.
0: Oh, you're a doo-doer?
1: I'm a little doo-doer. Mm.
0: This album may be the runner-up for the Spin It Doo-Doo Baby <laughs> Award. <laughs> Not a lot of babies, but this song does have a lot of doo-doo. <laughs> the song is about feeling like a burden on people that are around you and trying to balance the need to move forward with the fear of dragging others around you down he killed a man we got another murderer on our hands yeah yeah he's he's killed a man and now he's on the run and go
1: You're doing all over the place
0: but he doesn't want to burden anybody he doesn't want to call in the nighttime doesn't want to give you trouble you know i don't want to inconvenience you even though i could really use your help the wire
1: you know wiretaps are a thing you gotta be careful
0: yeah It's another song they made specifically for live audiences, and they really want to encourage participation. He actually, when he wrote it, pictured himself at a music festival with a sea of people singing along with him. He said writing it, it was chronologically out of order because we're nobody right now. We're just some random band that no one's ever heard of. This song reminds me that if it happens for us, we're ready for it. And boy, did it happen. This kind of was a prophetic song in that sense, Mm. because now they've sold out arenas all over the world. It's an interesting song. You know, maybe the reason I always Start it kind of skeptical is because it hits like a hammer with that kick drum and that chord at the very beginning because that first verse is just the one chord i like that i i mean i like it once we get to the chorus and we get that chord change and that relief that's really a great sensation yeah it's a nice track but it's pretty straightforward it is not gonna fake you out unlike the next one fake you out oh i'm faked out well fake you out is another early song i knew and to be honest <laughs> It always reminds me of video game music. Something about that way it breaks out after the chorus that really electronic kind of just grooving style after every chorus I really I really enjoy that and actually Tyler plays the keytar when he plays the song live he says sometimes it doesn't work and he fails miserably really but he asserts that it gives the song character fair enough (laughs) yeah he calls this one a freaking good song (laughs) it's a similar thematic song to screen it basically tackles the exact same issue where you're playing a character or putting on a charade to fake someone out. But this time, instead of rapping on the verses and changing it up for the choruses, he pretty much sings everything until we get to that bridge where we transition into more of a rap style. It's a really good inverted structure from what they've set out so far I think it's a good place to put a rap because the song actually I feel like it benefits from its presence there
1: I agree I had to think on that one but I agree
0: wow look at I got you to agree that a rap benefits a song maybe you are a rap guy under the right circumstances
1: I'm not against rap I'm not against anything it just needs to be good
0: up next is another track with roots from regional at best Guns for Hands. It's an interesting take on... It's a song about trying to stay alive, really. Trying to redirect bad thoughts and self-destructive tendencies into happier, safer, productive things. You know, specifically speaking, the song is about suicide and trying to kind of curb the intense emotions that go along with that. So having Guns for Hands is kind of this acknowledgement that people always have the capacity for dangerous things. But this song is a plea against it. I agree. Take for example example verse 2. He says take this a second at a time, take this one song, this one rhyme and together let's breathe. So, it's just a moment to like slow down. Everything can be okay. Think about this and we'll get through it together. And the speaker's losing sleep thinking about all the people like him that have guns for hands. And ooh, a rarity. How about that tempo change in the middle of the song? Yeah, pretty good. I like it. I think It works pretty well. We are almost done with this album. We're on track 11 out of the dozen.
1: TREES. Trees. The Ents are going to war. <laughs> Lord of the Thimble.
0: I know a lot of these songs have been oldies, but Trees is the oldest song on Vessel. Is it really? Yes, it is. When Tyler was younger, he went out searching in the woods, you know, looking for something, and the concept of the song started to take shape.
1: And then he wrote a whole musical about it.
0: I think it makes sense, though. Trees. When you think about tall trees and being lost in the woods, that is a pretty old place. Just a coincidence, but a cool little parallel. Like most of the rest of their music, the meaning is ultimately pretty open-ended, and it could be about whatever you really want it to be, but In the end, literally, it boils down to just a journey through the woods on this search for truth. And so that's where he is, silent in the trees. When they play the song live, the band likes to put trees late in the set because Tyler Joseph says he gets a second wind after he's been at it for a long time. Trees kind of gives him a little pick-me-up. I like
1: trees. I'm a fan.
0: I do too. Are you talking about the plant or the... Oh, the plant. Okay. Yeah, I like trees too. Also the plant.
1: And the song. The song's pretty good too.
0: Yeah. It is. And finally we get truce, a nice little lullaby that puts a little bow on this album, wraps it up.
1: Oh, that's where the baby is.
0: It's a little lullaby
1: yeah we had right. the doo earlier and now the lullaby for the baby mm-hmm.
0: and i think it's clever because it's kind of the culmination of a lot of themes on this album we started with an ode to sleep we fell asleep at the beginning we went through the migraines and the semi-automatic and the car radio we went through all these like dark times and now it was
1: a really bad night
0: yeah <laughs> it was and now the night is kind of coming to an end where we're waking back up to the real world out of this fantastical journey and we've got this imperative in the chorus stay alive stay alive for And that's nice. It's very reassuring and it also rehashes some of those same themes from Guns for Hands, Migraine, Car Radio, everywhere else. It kind of pulls it all together. And it's a nice, short, really delicate reminder that life is precious and important and something to take pride in. Precious. We're all in the same boat. We're all broken people. We're all going to make it to the finish line in our own time. My precious. You better find that thimble quick. For the mixtaper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that brings us into another final spin. ba 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 doo ba Heck yeah. My scores are interesting for this one. Music, generally, I like pretty well. I don't know if I'm as big of a fan just as like straight up the rap sections obviously there's sometimes they work whoa
1: so maybe you're the one that doesn't like rap out of this duo
0: that's what I hear I don't know about that anyway my point is I think it goes well with their style but especially on this early album I feel like it it's just maybe a a thing that needed to grow they needed to expand upon and they did going forward like I said I also love Scaled and Icy great record music a lot of these songs are sing-alongable a lot of really memorable melodies except apparently for the run and go which I Always seem to forget and yeah just in general pretty impressive for you know two guys the keyboard and some drums I'm giving music in 86 lyrics lyrics are good they explore obviously a lot of very personal topics a lot of intense things and I think they do it pretty well their metaphors when they employ them are pretty strong car radio migraine screen etc pretty good but I, I don't know there's just some spots that kind of leave me going eh, some repetitive bits like you said I'm giving lyrics a 77, which is maybe a touch low, but it just feels right. Instruments of production. This is a pretty good sounding album, uh, much like Ode to Sleep teaches us from the very beginning. Honestly, expect the unexpected. Nothing about this album feels the same track to track in in a good way. And yet, at the same time, like, it all feels like it gels together pretty well. So I'm giving Instruments of Production an 85, and I'm giving Vibe an 81. I really enjoy this album.
1: What did the squirrel say that is?
0: Math Department has checked back in with me, and they say it's an 83.2, and ranking currently at number 322. Ah. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. It's honestly lower than maybe I expected going into this episode, but in line with what I've
0: heard you say about the album. Yeah, I figured as much. In terms of our scores... This is a surprising one for me. It's actually closest to Avenged Sevenfold. Really? Yeah, landing just a couple slots below them. That's interesting. Yeah, they've got an 83.3. I'm at a dilemma. A dilemma? Uh-oh. Yes. How so?
1: Oh, well, I'm just looking, and I need to go re-listen to two albums to determine where this one goes. I got its number locked in, but I don't know its placement. Yeah, okay. That's exciting. But before we get there, we have to resolve my, you know, countertop three. Sure. Sure. in album order ode to sleep oh really that yeah. made it in the top
0: three i wasn't even sure you'd like it uh-huh
1: heard you say that and i was like little does he know
0: <laughs> little did i know wow up
1: next house of
0: gold that's
1: a very you pick yeah
0: that's like it again fits well with this collection of songs but in a certain sense it is kind of the sore thumb of the album
1: you saying i like sore thumbs i don't know that's why i threw away the mixtapes thimble
0: I cannot believe you. <laughs> I cannot believe let me just take a minute to process that. <laughs> wow. That may be the best joke you've ever told. And it requires so much context that you'll never be able to explain it to anybody. It's very layered. Wow. It's almost like it was destiny. I guess. The mixtaper's not going to like that you stole his thimble. I'm, I won't tell him, but you better hope he never finds out.
1: He doesn't listen to these, so, you know. Unless some troublesome fans were to tweet him at the underscore mixtaper on Twitter, he'd have no way of knowing.
0: Right. Sure. Sounds good. <laughs> Good. But anyway. Anyway, so that was your second top three. So,
1: Ode to Sleep and then The Sore Thumb House of Gold, followed up by my Connorable Mention, Screen.
0: That's another very you pick.
1: And rounding out the Connor top three in the number four slot, Trees.
0: Trees. Those are all songs that I would not take in my top three. Uh huh. <laughs> this is one of those albums where. I think we are totally on different pages. Maybe we like it the same. Maybe we like it different. But yeah, we definitely are going different directions with it. I
1: actually think I like it more than you. You might not enough to take it, take extra picks. But there was a couple songs that were a little sad, couldn't be in the top three.
0: Yeah, well, that that's fair and understandable.
1: And based on where you scored it, I think
0: uh, it's safe to say I did like this better. I think wow,
1: because this one is getting eight thimbles to bind them.
0: Eight solid pick. I that's two eights in a row. I'm I'm not surprised you gave it an eight, and honestly, that feels like you like this one the same as me.
1: I disagree. Yours was like sub three hundred, which is probably closer down to like the sevens or probably closer down to the sevens or sixes for me.
0: Oh, that may be true.
1: You know, you've got what like six hundred on the list. It's a lot. It's over six, yeah. So it's like in the bottom fifty percent of all albums you've ever listened to, where
0: mine is not. We'll have to look at the comparative spreadsheet and see how far apart we rank them on all the episodes we've done. Then we'll know for sure.
1: Oddly enough, there is something similar to our. though what's that mine is also really close to avenged sevenfold (laughs)
0: <laughs> that is so bizarre What are the odds?
1: I mean they're not very similar And it's also just below it It's gonna go somewhere between Either right above OK Orchestra Or below Fragile So that I kinda got OK Orchestra, Bambi, Fragile All kinda right there I gotta kinda re-listen to those And figure out where I want it in that lineup Wow It's at least 3 below seven Sevenfold But at most like 7 Which is not much
0: No, in the grand scheme of, you know, 88 <laughs> Yeah. Not much at all. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. And thimbles to bind them. I see you went for the Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Thimbles crossover. Yeah, of course. Pun intended. That's been the loose thread uh, throughout this entire episode. Uh, uh-uh, don't you mean fun intended? Oh, I don't. Oh, well, sorry. So, so what you mean is there's no fun intended, which was the that's the name of the album that Tyler made. Uh, oh, oh oh. It comes. It's all full circle. Uh, what are we thinking for the playlist? Honestly, my playlist pick. Uh, I'm a little torn between holding on to you and fake you out. Okay. or migraine.
1: Okay. We'll pick whatever the heck you want out of those.
0: I know. Again, we're on opposite pages. So it really doesn't matter because we'll just go our separate ways. Yeah. I think I'm going to take Holding On To You. I suspect you're going to end up taking something like Screen. Holding On To You feels like a good song that sums up a lot of what this album is like and about. And it's also not five minutes of Ode to Sleep in the middle of the playlist. Not that I would necessarily would mind that, but you know.
1: Uh, once again, I'm torn. I could take any of my four.
0: Literally true. Mm.
1: I think for the novelty of the ukulele. And because it's a sore thumb, we'll go with House of Gold.
0: Sounds great. House of Gold. That's a good pick. I like that one.
1: It's also the most popular on Spotify out of, the, out of my top four, so hopefully we'll make the most people happy.
0: Well, you are the people's <laughs> champion, so that yeah is in line with your motives.
1: I'm the people's champion. I gotta take them into consideration.
0: Isn't it interesting that out of all the songs on this album, we picked the only two whose titles start with the letter H?
1: Oh, yes it is. 1 in 132 chance of that happening, I think.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to do more math. I think I
1: think I did that math right. We've,
0: we've really botched <laughs> some math lately <laughs> let's just leave it at slim the chances are slim but great how about that it's always fun when i can bring you an album that you like more than me i don't think that happens much very often no no not at all but also that's just because you love everything <laughs> that's also true i do i do like a lot you can find us on instagram at spin official on twitter at spin we're also on facebook tiktok youtube everywhere and you can find us on our website www.spinitpod.com and you can rate five stars right here, which won't let us know, but it'll let us know that you enjoy spinning and that's fun. Stay tuned next week for another awesome episode. We're dipping back into blues rock. That's right. It's, it's the last episode of the, of the Grady's coming up. So it is that the, the Grady's are coming to an end. Then we'll be into the great 90s, the great 90s the uh the, the findies the findies yeah they're 90. 90s and they're fine but not
1: fine like uh they're uh, they're fine it's like fine like dang she fine that's fine yeah. yeah dang the
0: 90s are fine anyway that's what it's gonna be the findies i hate it i love it though yep nice well get ready because uh connor did not love our last foray into the blues very much we'll see if this one does any better next week only on spin it and
1: until then, then keep, keep spinning them. You like to accuse me of hating things.
0: I don't like it, but I do what I must.
1: Don't make me kill you. <laughs> I'll do what I must.
0: I don't think so. That's a misquote. What does he say? Hang on, hang on. Well, the misquote was in what you replied to it with.
1: Well, there's a there's another line. It says, don't make me kill you. And he says, Anakin, my allegiance is to the Republic. Okay, wait,
0: wait. Start it over. Start it over. I'll get my lines right this time.
1: Okay. <clears throat> don't make me kill you.
0: Connor, my allegiance is to the podcast. To democracy. If
1: you're not with me, then you're my enemy.
0: Only... And semi-automatic 11 deals in absolutes. I'll do what I must. You will try.